0: Well, we'll talk about that too because Jeremiah 6, believe it or not, is going to deal with the signal fire. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit. <clears throat> but when we do that, it's going to deal a lot with the children of Benjamin. It says here in chapter 6, verse 1 of Jeremiah, "All ye children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem and blow the trumpet in Tekoa and set up a sign of fire in beth for evil appeareth out of the north in great destruction. Okay? children of Benjamin are going to play a, an important role in understanding types and shadows for us, as well as pointing in figure to the days in which we're living. And I hope that you'll see that as we go through this, because uh, the chapter of Jeremiah we're reading here is purpose for the call of the had by the prophet. Okay, we just read about that, so that was one of the purposes for it. And the reasons for this are, are historical. But you know what, they're also geographical. And, and we're gonna see that and how it carries a pretty important meaning to all of us to pay attention to that. The history of the tribe of Benjamin was sad. There were some real sad things that happened with the tribe of Benjamin, but by the same token, that gives something it serves us well. And it will serve us well. Because we can see what happened in the events that happened with them When we can see how it relates to Jerusalem and Israel today, but we can also see how it applies to us and our walk these latter days. And that's important. There are lessons we can learn from the tribe's history that apply to us, and apply to us today. I want you to keep the word today in mind for our third class. I want you to keep that in mind for our next class, okay? If I forget it, will you remind me? I'm sure you will. Well, who was Benjamin? Let's get a little background here. He was the younger brother of Joseph by Rachel. Rachel died when he was born. She called him Benani, son of my sorrow. His father... Wow, we just took off on this thing, didn't we? Let me go back a little bit. See what happens when you hold this button down too long? There we go. His father called him Benjamin son of my right hand alright he was the youngest and Benjamin had the smallest tribe going on in the days of judges the tribe was nearly eliminated there was a man that came by with his erring concubine which came by Jebus in Jerusalem and a few evil things happened then and civil war broke out and Benjamin was nearly wiped out except for 600 men alright that's all the that there weren't any wives for these 600 men and the the other tribes had taken an oath that they wouldn't give their daughters to Benjamin's tribe because they had done this evil thing there was one part of one tribe though that had not participated in the civil war and their wives were given to Benjamin because <clears throat> they hadn't taken that oath y'all can read about this story it's 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 pretty easy to find out about There's some additional information the Saul the first king of Israel Came from the tribe of Benjamin. Jerusalem, which was the capital of Judah, was located geographically within the tribe of Benjamin. You can find this in Joshua chapter 18. After the apostasy of Solomon, Ahijah identified Jerusalem as being chosen by God. Okay? This is the city that was chosen from within the boundaries of the tribe of Benjamin that was a proclamation that was made against them against the children of Jerusalem, through the prophet Jeremiah. We're going to be reading about that this morning. And you're going to see how these prophecies uh, and things that are proclaimed against Benjamin can also be proclaimed against us if we're not watching the signs. If we're not aware of what's going to be going on. Over we we read Jeremiah verse one there because it tells about the proclamation to Jeru, to uh, Ben to Benjamin to gather yourselves together to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem blow the trumpet in Tekoa and set up a fire fire in Beth Haser. The question is why was such a proclamation made? Why was that necessary? Why were they so to get yourselves up and flee out, blow the trumpet in Tekoa, build a fire of Beth Why? Why? what purpose would it serve? What purpose does it serve us today? When we look at our our Bibles, do we see a signal fire alerting us to beware of the things that are coming upon us, that are coming on the, the brotherhood, upon our ecclesias? Does it light a fire? Does it make us Stop and say, What's that and why is that? What's being told, told me? This event that happened in the news. It's making me go look at my scriptures. Why? Because there's a signal fire there alerting us to what that point in history is all about. It makes us do some search to see if these things be so, to see if these things be true. This is the type we're going to see happening throughout this chapter of Jeremiah and throughout this symbol of what is represented with with the tribe of Benjamin. And so when we say, how could it apply to us prophetically, it applies to us very, very prominently if we're paying attention to these days that are flying. If we pay attention to what is happening right now in history, then it applies to us. When we see prophecy fulfilled, it should be that which is exciting. Many people of the world see things happening on the face of the earth, and they run to their caves, hide in the holes, bury their head in the sand. There's many that are looking at the things that are coming on the face of the planet planet for fear of those things that are coming, afraid of what's happening, Rather than being encouraged by the seeing fulfillment of prophecy because they're ignorant of it, they're afraid of it. When we become afraid of those things coming upon the face of the earth, we need to look at our signifier. We need to open up our scriptures and be re-strengthened and re-encouraged, re-energized, And have our minds reactivated to those things that are necessary and to excite us about the coming kingdom. You've answered that question. Do you think it's true? Do you think it's true that the prophecies that are being fulfilled serve any purpose for us today? They don't apply to us? Or do they help us? If we didn't have scriptures and prophecies being fulfilled and understand their fulfillment from scripture, then we would not have that which could strengthen us right now. We don't have miracles happening amongst us, we don't have prophets coming with the Word of God. We have it written for us. That's all that was necessary. That was sufficient. That's what God had inspired holy men of old to write, to be there to strengthen us, to help us all. And so it does serve us a great purpose. We don't like it sometimes. We might think it's pretty frightful, but it serves to remind us the fulfillment of prophecy. And aren't we glad we can see that these last days? So what was the warning? It said to leave Jerusalem quickly. What if we are called? Do we hesitate or do we go? Or do we have a choice? When Christ returns and says, Come, we go. But what if we're giving a warning right now? Don't do what you're doing now because it's contrary to the teachings of the truth. Do we leave it quickly or do we hesitate? Does that have a stronger love for us than the love of the gospel or the guidance or the dictates of the scripture? So do we leave it quickly, that which has an evil influence? It said to blow the trumpet in Tikoa. we can say we blow the trumpet in our ecclesias our spiritual we can say we sound the alarm we try to exhort one another while it is called today we try to be encouraging we blow the trumpet the question is is it a true sound Or is is it as tinkling brass? Is it a true sound? It says, Set up a sign of fire in Beth Hasaran. It says it in that first verse. Set up a sign of fire in Beth Hasharan. Evil out of the north will come with great destruction. Do we see this? Am I am I making sense? Is it sinking in? If you hesitate on obeying the commands, you're going to be lost forever. And that's just simple, plain English. If you don't obey the commands and the dictates of the Scripture, you'll be lost. Now, we don't live them perfectly. We pray for forgiveness. And if we have the right attitude in our prayer, and we pray through Christ, He has the ear of His Father, God. And we can have some confidence in knowing that at least our petitions have been heard when we fail. But the thing is, don't hesitate in obey. If you feel like you've stepped out of line, or if you feel like something in these last days has pulled you away, and you recognize it, humbly approach Christ and ask for forgiveness. Humbly approach God. Recognize it. Don't just let it keep happening and festering. Because these last days will make it easy for you to just wallow in that mire. And you don't want to be there. So where and what was Tekoa? Well, it was a place located halfway between Jerusalem and Hebron. If you look at your maps, you'll see it. In just a minute, I'll show it to you. It's located among the mountains of Judah. The name Tekoa means the sound of a trumpet. The wise woman of Joab that Joab hired to reconcile David and Absalom lived here in Tekoa. Ira, one of David's 30 mighty men, was of Tekoa. He was Tekoa-type. And it's interesting to know that one of the mighty men was from Tekoa. He was one of those that knew that it was the sound of the trumpet. He was one of those that understood the meaning of not hesitating to defend the truth. <clears throat> it was the birthplace of the prophet Amos. Starting to ring bells now? tacoas are starting to mean something to you? Anybody know who Amos was? He had a brother named Andy. Oh, you are paying attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now Amos was a pretty important prophet he wrote some really interesting things some pretty exciting things too ok here I'll show you a map here's a map of the environs of Israel right there is Jerusalem there's Hebron we said it was halfway between Jerusalem and Hebron right well there's Ekoah, right there <coughs> Now, Beth Hasserin. Beth Hasserin is is a place where they were to build a fire, a signal fire. Okay? Do we have a signal fire today? Yes. Yes. The question is, is it burning brightly? Or is it lit? Is it encouraging? Does it serve its purpose as a reminder? Does it serve its purpose to draw attention to it? Does it serve its purpose to make us aware that what's going on these last days are important to understand how they fit in with the prophecies and the environments of the truth? It's important questions. <clears throat> it was a hill was in the region of Tekoa. Now, we know where Tekoa is now, right? <clears throat> well, Beth Hashrin was a hill within the region of Tekoa. It was a hill. And it's interesting, if you look at a geographical map of the environment of, of Israel, it's, it is a hilly place. But it's also got high hills and low hills. This was a higher hill. And it was a place that if you stood on top of it, you can see, way off in the distance, Jerusalem. And when an enemy would come from the north, it was important for the, enviro- the inhabitants to know about it because they could see from Jerusalem the, and be pretty well protected on the, the east and the west and the south around Jerusalem because they had those hills and they had the valleys between the hills and the the rock that Jerusalem sets on but they weren't so protected from the north they didn't have something to protect them from the north they need to have a warning system to let them know when something was coming along they didn't have telephones and radios and satellites and GPS's and all that kind of stuff they had to have a warning system okay Beth Hathorim was used as a beacon hill When approaching armies out of the north were advancing, the people of Tekoa would blow the trumpet and build a fire on top of the Okay, They were the advance warning system to let the people know that there were some approaching from the north and they needed to blow the trumpet, alert everybody. You know, today, we have enemies approaching us. Is anybody blowing the trumpet to remind us of that? Or are we blowing the trumpet to help somebody else be reminded enemies are approaching? Do we talk to those that are outside the gospel and show them Beth Hasprin's fire, the signal fire, the beacon hill? Do we blow the trumpet? Do we let them understand what the scriptures are telling them to help them understand the importance of being ready for the advent of Christ and the setting up the kingdom. Do we do that? Do we make them aware? Do we alert them? What if they said Christ had come and you see him later on? They say, Well, how come you didn't tell me? How you going to feel about that? How come you didn't tell me that all this would happen? And now we are. Have to wait until the end of the millennium to get what you got right now. It was the advanced warning system for Jerusalem's inhabitants. Okay? Evil out of the north. The main evil out of the north was the impending overthrow by the Babylonians in Jeremiah's time, Benjamin's time. What's the impending evil out of the north today? Is it just the north or is it everywhere? We know that the the northern invader is coming. We know that the the hooks have been put in the jaws to pull them down because of the, the natural resources that are so desirable in the environments of Israel. Were we back a thousand years ago, we wouldn't have thought anything about that because nobody understood the importance of the location of the nation of Israel today a thousand years ago with what it could do to impact this planet. We didn't understand it then. Today we understand it very clearly, which means that the days are quickly flying so that we can understand that. These things are just, you know, a brother once told me, if you have a row of telephone poles, And if you're standing off the side, you can see them, all these telephone poles. He says, now picture that each one of these telephone poles represent a point of prophecy to be fulfilled. He says, now, if you walk and stand right in front of the first pole and look down at it, you don't see anything but the one pole. You don't see anything. You're not aware of all the rest of it. But if you go to the very last one, you stand off to the side of it, you don't see anything else behind it, which means that all these poles were lined up down through history for you to walk to the one and go around to the next and go to the next and the next so that you understand what that particular prophecy was about. Now, this was about 15 years ago. He says, I think we've already stepped around the last pole. I don't know what other prophecies are going to have to be fulfilled without the northern invader, without the coming kingdom, without Christ's advent, without the judgment seat, what other prophecies have to be fulfilled? My question was, well, does that mean you should stop looking, stop studying, stop being aware? Because there are prophecies that are being fulfilled in different kinds of ways with history. And they are. Parts of prophecy get fulfilled. Some prophecies got 100% fulfilled. But there's not very many left, not very many parts left. Because these days are moving so fast, those pieces are coming together a whole lot quicker than what they were doing 20, 30, 40, or 50 years ago. And that's the thing. We need to be aware of the signal, we need to be aware of what's happening. We mentioned this before, that Jerusalem was most vulnerable from the north side. That's the place where they are the most vulnerable. If you look at a geographical map, you can see the Hinnom Valley, the Valley of Jehoshaphat. You can see these different valleys that surround it on the east and the west and the south, but not on the north. There's no way they could defend it that well. They were fairly well protected except for the north side. The northern army advancing on Jerusalem during Jeremiah's time, was only a prototype of the latter-day prophecy of Ezekiel, Gog, and Magog. We know this. The question is, do we really know this? We just read about it and say, oh, that's just something that we know is going to happen. Or do we pay attention to how it's actually happening? How that influence is here right now? That influence is there. The question is, if that influence is there, how is it going to affect us here? Part of being prepared is part of recognizing that important part. <clears throat> God's proclaimed judgment it says in verse eight, Jeremiah: "Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited." Be thou instructed lest my soul depart from thee. You know what? That applies right now. We need to be instructed. Instructed. Did I say destructed? Okay. We need to be instructed. Be instructed unless God's judgment would make it such that He would depart from us. He wants All to come to Him. He wants to make His his creation love Him, respect Him, and want Him, praise Him, worship Him. He loves His creation. But He also knows that they need to be instructed. They need to be wise. They need to be alert. And they need to understand that His plan is being fulfilled whether they like it or not. His plan is going to be fulfilled at His time frame. It's going to be fulfilled the way he wants it to happen, and man can't do anything about it. And sooner that man understands that, the sooner and the better off they're going to be. The point is, we should understand that. We should be able to see how the days are flying and be anxious. Some of us say, Well, we've been in the truth so long, it just seems like it takes forever. When's it going to happen? Well, you know what? Fortunately, you can look at it that way and say it's going to happen and understand it's going to happen. And in, to God, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. But He has a plan, 6,000 year plan, Clothing. Clothing. Because He wants His 7,000 year to start. He wants it to happen. But He wants every one of us to be part of of that 7,000-year plan in the way that he wants us to be. So do we see that? Can we feel it? Do these latter days make us think about that? It says the centuries have proclaimed the surety of God's pronouncements. The area that he talked about be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, unless I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. That happened. It lay desolate for a long time. Brother Adam brought it out to us last night. How? It said in the latter days that he would bring them back into the land to be inhabited. The apple of God's eye. You know. The nations of the world poked the finger in the apple of God's eye. At one point, I'm not going to do it again. They're not going to do that. Recent history has shown that, you know, they've been brought back. They've been regathered. Okay, that brought a huge amount of excitement in the brotherhood back in 1948. One brother told me he had never seen so many baptisms as he did in 1948 because so many people thought they're regathered, it's time. And all those students that have for a long time procrastinated about accepting the truth said, we've got to do it right now. Let's be more studious, let's learn it faster, let's understand it, let's ask questions, let's have the, the brothers sit down and talk to us and encourage us because if we want to be a part of that. Is that same excitement and energy here today? Because these days are just as exciting as they were back in 1948 or 1967. Just as exciting. I encourage those of you that are students. I encourage you very strongly to ask those questions. Ask for help. Ask for instruction. Ask for time to sit down with some brothers and sisters to answer your question so that you can be sure that you're accepting the gospel and when you accept it be be happy because you did the right thing says the angels in heaven rejoice of one that is accepted brothers and sisters we have that responsibility to be that encouragement to those students God was telling the people of Benjamin to remain faithful or destruction would follow God is telling us today to remain faithful or destruction will follow it Can't be any plainer than that We pray for forgiveness We pray that our prayers are heard on high. And if we have faith and confidence in that, then we know that our prayers have been heard. We don't want to be left out and told that I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall thoroughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine, turn back thine hand as a great gatherer to the baskets. It's the same theme we'll see throughout this chapter of Jeremiah. They didn't pay attention. They didn't follow instruction. They were stripped of their fruit. Over and over the land of Israel was stripped down to its bare bones. That happened for centuries. Even though this was their history, they still did not heed the word of God. They still didn't do it. They were a stubborn and stiff-necked people. Spiritual Israel today, brothers and sisters, are we a stubborn and stiff-necked people? Are we ignoring those instructions that will lead to salvation? There's only two parts of eternity. Y'all might have seen that on a sign I saw recently. Okay? Okay? There's one part which immortalization happens, life forever. And then there's permanent death. It's two parts. That's it. You can break it down in any kind of piece you want to, but that's the the bottom line. But we need to be alert of the signs today and understand these days we're living in. And we need to heed God's instructions. It says, To whom shall I speak and give warning they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot hearken because the word of the Lord to them is a reproach and they have no delight in it. Their ears were covered. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to know those instructions. Their ears were covered. It says that they can't hearken. The word of the Lord to them is a reproach. It's too hard to follow. It's too hard to do. Why should we do that? Some never fully accepted the covenant by sacrifice. They lacked commitment. Do we accept the covenant by sacrifice? Are we willing to place our lives in conformity with the dictates of the truth? Are we willing to become that student alert to these last days? Do we have the commitment to remain firm and steadfast until the end? What was Jeremiah trying to say? Why didn't they listen to the warning? God's word is no good to those who have not removed the flesh from their lives. Do you know that? As long as you live by the dictates of the flesh, the truth is, is lost. You have to be strong enough to set it aside. Such as this cannot hearken. It becomes a reproach and no delight. In Revelation, Jesus says that he wished they were hot or cold. Why? Why does he wish they were either hot or cold? If you have a drink, let's say a cup of coffee, do you want to Lukewarm cup of coffee? You want a hot cup of coffee? If you had a glass of iced tea, you want a hot glass of iced tea? Or a lukewarm glass of iced tea? You don't want that which is halfway. You don't want it. You want what it's supposed to be hot or cold. You want the truth as it is and you want to remain strong in it. You want to be hot for the truth you don't want to treat it just as something well I did that or I think I will or maybe I won't lukewarm what does it say about that he wished they were hot or cold either accept it or don't accept it don't pretend to accept it It says he would spew them out of his mouth Spit them out. Have nothing to do with them. Look what Stephen said in his last breath over in Acts 7. Let's run over there real quick. Acts 7. 51 to 53. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one and whom ye have been now as the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by disposition of angels and have not kept it? Look what he said. Who? Who has heard the words of the prophet and rejected it? Just as your fathers did for centuries. The ones that he was talking to there, he was addressing them. Stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the occlusion. He that hath an ear, let him hear. He that is encouraged, he that understands, He that can hear it, let him hear it. Don't let him hear it and just forget it. Remain, keep it covered up. Take heed on how you hear, it says in Luke. For whomsoever hath to him shall be given, but whomsoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Write that one down in your margin. That verse right there is an exhortation all to itself we could spend hours going through the importance of that Jesus like Jeremiah was warning his brethren to be on their guard pay attention obeying God's directives we are being told to be on our guard and to pay attention to those directives we need to be on our guard because of the days in which we live in are going to be rapidly done and Christ will come judgment will happen And so, be on our guard and be alert and be ready. Be attentive. Don't be lukewarm. Preference for the things of the flesh rather than the things of the spirit. That's a figure of uncircumcision. Preference for the things of the flesh rather than the things of the spirit. Jeremiah four deals with the relationship to the heart and to the ears. Go back to Jeremiah chapter four, <clears throat> verse four. Circumcise yourselves to be to, the, to Yahweh. Take away the foreskin of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest, <clears throat> lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Take away that which is covering your heart and accepting what the gospel is about. Take it away. Cut it off. Remove that flesh. It was addressed to the circumcised, but inside of God there is an uncircumcision among the circumcised in figure. Did you know that? Addressed to the circumcised, but in sight of God there is an uncircumcision among the circumcised in figure. Some may have taken it away and removed the flesh. And then let it grow back over again. Cover it back up and have nothing to do with it. <coughs> Paul reminded Romans that Abraham's faith was reckoned him for righteous when he was yet uncircumcised. Well, he told that to the Romans. His faith was strong. His faith was there. His faith was active. It needed fulfillment. And he knew it. And he could see it in the covenant that was made to him. Okay? Covetousness and false dealing, it says in verse 13 of Jeremiah 6, were the natural fruits of the preference of the flesh. Covetous and false dealing. Today, that is prevalent. Natural fruits of the preference of the flesh, covetous and false dealing. That is one of the signs that tell us that these days are quickly flying. This was in the form of justifying the wicked for a reward. 14 and 15 at Jeremiah 6. 14 and 15. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? No, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them, and they shall be cast down, saith Yahweh. Did they blush when they committed abominations? Were they ashamed of it? No. Today, the world is not ashamed of the abominations they commit. We need to be alert to that. We need to be ready to move ahead with that. From the day of Eli's sons to when Jesus rebuked the scribes and the Pharisees, this was a characteristic of the false teachers in Israel. Today, we see it as a characteristic of everywhere. If you were to sit down and talk to somebody about something of the truth, for instance, the devil, how long do you think that conversation would last with an interest on the other person? Because they have been so influenced by Babylonian influence, false religions today. They wouldn't care. They could care less. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to understand the logic of the truth. Does that mean you shouldn't talk about it or try to encourage it? Because we can see how fast these days are going. We can see how fast it is and how quickly it's going to be that Christ is going to return. That means we should be ever ready to give an answer for the faith that lies within us. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and seek and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Seek the old paths. Where is the good way? Think about that. The truth has been around for centuries. The promise of the truth goes all the way back to Genesis. The truth was inspired by God so the holy men of old could write as they were moved the old path was laid down centuries ago why do we want to walk other than down the old path why do we want to try to change the path the world has they've got the broad way which leads to destruction the old path is the narrow way that leadeth to salvation Are we ready for that? Because if we do, we can be comforted in knowing what is happening now. What is happening as we see these quick days quickly flying. We can be comforted if we're walking the old path. If you're walking that Broadway path, you're confused. You don't know what's going on. You're thinking one's going to take over the other, going to rule the whole world. Brother Adam mentioned last night about a worldwide caliphate Muslim caliphate it's not going to happen it's just not going to happen <clears throat> Jesus said come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light those are encouraging words but you know what they said we ain't going to walk there we will not walk there in lack of commitment again. A display of insubordination. Just would not listen. Might as well spit in the face of God. Walked away from Him. It's a sign of illusion. We know what's best. You can't tell us. That's the natural response. You can't tell us anything. We're just fine like we are. We don't want to hear what you've got to say. We know better than God. You ever heard any of these expressions? warning is, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said we're not going to hearken. Today, do we say we're not going to hearken? Today, does the world say they're not going to hearken? Are they not going to listen to the sound of the trumpet? In Jeremiah's day, as well as in Jesus' day, the warning went unheeded. And you know what? It's going unheeded today. <clears throat> Jeremiah 25 says, all the inhabitants of the earth should drink of the cup of the fury of the Lord. The old bass past are so completely forsaken and forgotten and so the question is are we building a fire Jeremiah 6 we're going to have to skip the reading we're running out of time says that offerings from the people are no longer acceptable God will bring in evil from the north parts upon them he says it would be pointless to try to stop God's will isn't that true isn't it pointless to try to stop God's will it is says that many will fall because of their unbelief and in the divine covenants that God had instituted think about the covenants which we believe in do we neglect them do we neglect them is there any hope Jeremiah 6 27 to 28 <clears throat> I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way they are all grievous revolters, walking with sh- slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. A tower to signal the approaching evil, the lighting of the fire of Bethasrum, the warning sign. The question is Is the signal fire lit? Is it making us aware how quickly these days are flying? Is there any hope? It tells us to pay attention to the signs that are everywhere. Watch the fire. Be ready to go safely before destruction. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and with him, and he with me. Isn't that encouraging to know that? 29 and 30. It says, The bellows are burned. The lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melted in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Reprobate silver. Worthless ash. 1 Corinthians 15. We see this other figure. We're going to have to pass by this particular reading. I would encourage you to write it down in your notes. After the smelting, some precious metal was found in spite of the poor quality of the ore that was a little bit left. There's a little limit there. Precious. Pure. And so will be in the end of the age. The times in which we are living are fulfilling the ways that prophet Jeremiah spoke about. It's happening. Be alert to it. Be ready to understand it. Study it out. Be encouraged that which will determine the metal God's called people is, is by paying attention, and this is important pay attention to the word of God, have your hearts and ears circumcised follow the old past look for that wisdom which is pure peaceable, which you can find with your own study so we've learned that the things describe those who have been faithful when the brethren of the prophets of old will come forth as gold Come forth as gold unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. These are some references that uh, we will pass by because our time is up. But uh, please write them down. I'm going to leave them up there for you if you would like to have them written down. Our time is up for now.